Open up your Bibles. Yeah. Psalms 118. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Psalms 118. We're going to read a little bit, beginning in verse 1. You know, I, as, as, I, as I get a little older, I kind of feel like I have to act a little older, more like a, you know, I, I got the beard so I can start going like this, you know, <laughs> looking a little wiser, and, you know, but this, you know, sometimes I just don't want to preach, but I want to, I want to teach a little bit and, and just talk about God, amen, and, uh, but it's good because we grow together, amen, uh, in Psalms 118, <clears throat> beginning in verse 1, it says, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Let Israel now say his mercy endures forever. Can you see that? Again. One more time. Verse 3. Let the house of Aaron now say his mercy endures forever. Every time. You know, I, I think you all need to repeat that when we talk about that. Verse 4. Let those who fear the Lord now say... I called on the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore, I shall see my desire on those who hate me. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. All nations surround me, but in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. They surrounded me. Yes, they surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. They surround me like bees. They were quenched like the fire of thrones of thorns. For in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. You pushed me violently that I might fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and song, and he shall become my salvation. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. The Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go through them and I will praise the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. Through which the righteous shall enter. I will praise you for you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Save now, I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray. Send now prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. God is the Lord and he has given us light. Bind the sacrifice with cords to the, alt 
to the horn of the altar. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, I will exalt you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good for... <laughs> I'm telling you, you cannot read that chapter and not get happy. You cannot read that chapter when he is your God and he's your Lord. You cannot read that chapter and be down, downtrodden and dis, distrodden. Everybody say, for his mercy, mercy. endures forever. Endure. Now I want to talk a little bit about mercy, but there's, there's, there's a greater uh, word that God has for you tonight. Mercy is God's love that moves on your behalf. Amen. Or God's love and compassion. God's love and compassion towards you. Directed towards you. And so when the mercy of God comes... It's God's love and compassion towards you. Amen? His love. And, and, and so here the word of God is saying, His love and His compassion towards you is forever. Amen. It never stops. Nothing you can do to get rid of it. Nothing you can do to stop it. His love and His compassion towards you is forever. Amen? Amen. When Jesus was walking one day, there was a, a, a woman that... Uh, there was a, a burial, they were going to, a funeral, they were going to bury uh, the woman's only son. And the Bible says that Jesus had compassion upon the, the woman. And so he was moved by that compassion, went up to the son, and the son rose up again. Amen. And he, he, re, he returned the dead son to the mother. What happened? Jesus had compassion. He had mercy, love that moved him into action on behalf of the widow woman. Well, the scripture says that the love of God, the, the mercy of God is forever. In other words, God's love and his, 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 uh, his compassion towards you will be in operation towards you all the days of your life. Amen. That nothing can separate you from the love of God. So God, he loves you and he wants to, he will move on your behalf with love amen. amen and so for us to ever think that we are we are forsaken that there's no hope that is a lie from the pit of hell his mercy endures forever his compassion towards you endures forever he will move on your behalf when you are going through a difficult season you are not without hope if everybody else has left you if the church has forgotten about you it does not matter God's mercy and his love towards you is forever and he has not forgotten about you he'll be there he's an everlasting help in your time of need He's an ever-present help in time of need. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It doesn't say that might be saved or a possibility that they, they, they might not be saved. It says whoever calls upon the name of the Lord. When you call upon the name of the Lord, the mercy and the compassion that moves, the love that moves God comes to your defense. That's why it's so important that you know the power of the name of Jesus. Because when you say Jesus, you're not calling upon someone that does not exist, that doesn't love you, that you are separated from. You're calling upon someone that loves you so much that he laid down his life for you. Amen. The Bible says if God, if, if, 
If God did not spare his only begotten son, how much more will he freely give you all things? So when you call upon the name of the Lord, you say, Lord Jesus, I need your help. Help is on its way. Matter of fact, the scripture says that, that God even begins to answer before you ask. And that he, he answers far greater than you ask, think, or imagine. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And so you have to understand that we, are, we don't operate from a position of, of, of defeat or brokenness or weakness. You are supposed to be living in a place of victory because every battle that you go through, God doesn't want to just take you through it. He wants to give you complete victory where you reign and rule over it. The Bible says you are more than a conqueror. If you have a battle right now with poverty, God's going to give you victory where you'll become more than a conqueror, where poverty will no longer be attached to your name. Amen. If there's sickness and disease that's attacking your body and you call upon the name of the Lord, the Lord is going to give you strength and wisdom and healing and wholeness and victory over that where sickness and disease can no longer attack your life. You will reign and rule. Amen. He gives you the keys of the kingdom. And some of us have to go through certain seasons in our lives so that we could pull out the truths about who we are and who God is. I'm not worried about my next meal because I know that the Lord is my provider. Amen. And I, I have no lack in Him, amen? I know how to call those things that are not as though they are. I walk by faith and not by sight. I know that everything that God tells me that He's going to do, He is faithful and just to complete it. I knew that when the Lord told us to go to the nations, I knew we were going. I already saw myself in the nations of Africa and the nations of, of, of uh, South America. I already saw myself preaching on the pulpits. I was, when I got there, I was just living out the movie that God already put in my heart. Amen. And so I just saw glory. But, you know, even the last crusade, I had such a peace that I was just like, everything is beautiful. I had no worries, no stress. I made it a point. I'm telling you the truth. I made it a point in Argentina. I only did two things. I was going to preach the gospel and eat ice cream. <laughs> Everyone that went, isn't that true? I was at the ice cream shop every day just eating ice cream. I had no worries. I was eating ice cream. People were worried, what's going to happen here? How's this going to happen? Leave me alone, I'm eating ice cream. Because the Lord sent me there. He was doing it all. Amen. Even when, uh, when torrential rains came and, and flooded the entire ground, you know, the, they had worked all day trying to get the ground uh, cleared of, of, of puddles in hopes that we could even have service in the mud. And so they, they took like a, like, I don't know what they call it, like a squeegee, and they were trying to push the water out where the, you know, where, where thousands of people were sitting down just trying to get some sort of a semblance of a ground so that we could have a meeting. And they were working because it had rained so hard that night. Literally outside, it was, it was like a, a, a lake. And they were working, and uh, uh, Brother Sebastian was working. Just, you know, people would say, are you going to cancel the meetings? Are you going to move it to a church? And, and he was getting ready to say, you know, well, we should just move it to a church or we should cancel it. And this little boy, this little boy who had a broken arm, but he came the night before and he went up to, he went to Sebastian. He says, are you going to have church here tonight? Because I came last night and, and I, I loved it. And I'm going to bring my mom and my whole family. And when he heard that, he said, oh, no, we're having church here. We're having church here. <laughs> 
and he's squeegeeing and he's squeegeeing and squeegeeing. And then it rains harder. He's like, God, where are you? But then wisdom showed up. His wife taps him on the shoulder. And she says, hey, why don't we just do it right there? Right next to the, the crusade grounds. It was an old train station that had a covering. And they moved it to, to the, the, the train station. And it was the most beautiful crusade I've ever done in my life. I was so blessed to be there. You know, just the people were long, but it, I was so blessed. And, and, you know, it was so beautiful because, understand this, all the churches had been separated. They had not had a crusade there in like 25 years. And all the churches were separated. Nobody was going out to tell people about the love of God outside of the church walls. And the pastors had gotten together to work on this crusade because we went in there, we paid for everything. Before, the pastors didn't want to commit themselves because none of them had any finances to, to give or faith to, to do something. And so I, I said, it doesn't matter. We're, we're, we're paying for everything. We just want you to be there. We want to bless you. And so the last night, the people were there and it was cold. I mean, it was freezing cold, uh, and, and, uh, and the wind was coming. But you know what happened when, when, when I began to preach? The pastors, see, the, there was a wall, and there was a covering, but the wind was coming from where there was no wall. It was open. And the pastors, they stood as a wall, blocking the wind with their backs yeah. as I preached. That's unity. Nobody told them to do that. They could have just been with everybody else cold, but no, they, they, uh, they, 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 they made a wall to protect the people, and they didn't move. They didn't move. They stayed there the whole time, and we had an incredible night. Amen. And sometimes when we go through some things, you know, we might be thinking, you know, why me? Why am I going through this? But you have to understand that God, God is taking you through that to make your enemies to see so that you can see your enemies defeated before you because the things that you fight you cannot fight in your own strength you need the power of God upon your life and, and you have to recognize that as you begin to follow God God will lead you through the valley of the shadow of death amen but don't fear God is with you his rod and his staff that will comfort you amen your enemies are going to be defeated in the name of Jesus and if you don't see your enemies defeated before you you need to go before God and say Lord why are not my enemies being defeated why is not the enemy of poverty being defeated? Why is the enemy of, of sickness not being defeated? Why is the enemy of fear not being defeated? And I guarantee you it's because there's something that needs to be adjusted inside of you. So that the mercy and the power of God could, can, can flow through you. Amen. God cannot do for you what you don't allow him to do. If you are your own answer to your own problems, God cannot be your source and supply in your, in your answer. Amen. Hallelujah. And so when you call upon the name of the Lord... There's victory there. More than conquerors, amen. Tell your neighbor, I'm more than a conqueror. Amen. And, and, and understand this, once you, have the, once you have the victory, your children will have the victory as well. This is not just a, a victory just for you. This is a victory for your children, your children's children's children. Amen. My brother, you know, I, I, was, I was telling on, on, on his son the other day, because they asked the... They, 
uh, Pastor Lindy McCauley, she asked him, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he says, I want to be a pastor. Amen. How old is he? 11? Be 11. And he's already did one year of Bible school, right? He's on his second year of Bible school. What's your excuse? <laughs> but they, they asked him, what do you want to be? I want to be a pastor. First generation Christians. They've been coming. How long have you been here? Six years? What? But they gave, they gave their life to the Lord here. They grew in the things of God. Now their children want to, want to live for God the rest of their life. Come on now. That's the blessing of God. Things are being broken off the, that family. And the blessings of God are coming upon them. Amen. And they're going to go to another level. Amen. And your kids will not have to fight the devils that you fought today. Amen. You will defeat them and will, you'll have victory over them. And they will step into that victory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And so his love and his compassion towards you is forever. His love and compassion towards you is forever. Now go with me to verse 17. It says, I shall not die, but live. And declare the works of the Lord. I shall not die, but live. And declare the works of the Lord. Amen. That should be your mentality every time an attack comes at you. Every time you face an obstacle, every time there's persecution, every time it seems like something is coming against you to destroy you, your mentality should not be defeat, your mentality should be victory. Your very thought life should be, I'm going to destroy that devil. I will not be defeated. I will not die, but I shall live. And not only am I going to live, but I'm going to give God glory through this situation. God is going to give me a testimony of how he saved me and delivered me. And so even though I might be going through this or I hear bad news and something's coming against me, I will not die, but I shall live and give glory to God. That's my mindset. That's my, that's my mindset. I don't care what news you give me. I will not die, but I shall live. You might have bad, hear bad news about your children, how your children are, are failing. No, no, my family will not die, but it shall live and give glory to God. This situation is going to turn out to God's glory. That devil that's trying to destroy my family shall not take my family. It shall not destroy my marriage. No, on the other side, my, me and my, my, my family are going to worship God even harder and stronger, more committed to live for the Lord. We're going to see the glory of God. Amen. Amen. No more death. I don't have a death mentality. The grave cannot hold me because it could not hold Jesus, and I'm with him. And if it cannot hold Jesus, it cannot hold me. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. We are more than conquerors. We overcome the world because we are in him. We're not separated from Christ. We are one with Christ. And if Jesus has the victory, the victory is yours. Amen. Hallelujah. We have authority and power and glory through the name of Jesus. I shall not die, but I shall live. I shall live. Marriage will not die. It shall live. Finances will not die. It shall live. Children shall not die. It shall live. 
And give glory to God. <clears throat> you have to set an expectation that on the other side, the testimony of what God has done for you is going to be told. You have to be able to see yourself on the other side saying, Pastor, I need to tell you something. <laughs> or going on Facebook and telling somebody or, or telling someone that you know about what God has done. You have to see yourself on the other side of the mountain. Amen. Understand this. It's not, God's not going to just take you to the other side of the mountain. He's going to remove the mountain completely. Right. The battle you're fighting today, God's going to remove it off your life. And on the other side, understand this. Like, like uh, my, my, my brother, he might, he might be watching right now. He's, he's on a vacation right now in, in, in Bali. I don't know where Bali is, but he's on vacation there. My friend, uh, uh, Pastor Michael Barrett. And I was, I was sharing this with the church. It was actually, I think, last Wednesday when I was preaching there in Australia. And uh, I was telling the church, I said, I said, listen, I hear Pastor Michael Barrett's testimony, how he used to be a drug dealer, a drug user. Uh, he was addicted and his whole life was to live for drugs and how the Lord set him free but I see him today and I look at him and I say I don't believe you I say you know I know people say oh he was a bad guy and people were scared of him and he did this and did that and, and but I look at him and I say I don't believe him I don't I don't that's a lie I don't believe you why because God has changed him so much that even the traces of the old life, don't, it, it just doesn't look like that's him. Yeah. He's become a new creation. The former image is gone. The new image has arrived. And so that even though he might have done those things in the past, that might have been him in the past, but it's not him today. The very traces of that old life, I just don't believe it. I don't believe it. And I looked at all, because I was preaching to a church full of, people that were coming out of drug addiction. There was a drug rehab program. And I looked at them and I said, you might be someone that, that the world knows you as a drug addict. Many of you, there were, there were a lot of women that were, that were prostitutes there. There were people that just did all sorts of terrible things and they, were, they, they had come to be a part of a program that would teach them about Jesus and bring them out of that life. And I said, you might be known about that in the world, but I'm going to tell you, it, what God's going to do in your life is going to just destroy all traces. The glory of God is going to be upon your life where people are going to look at you and say, that is not you. You know, in that church, you see, you know, a lot of the men that were there in the church, they even have tattoos all over their face. But when you see them, just the love of God's upon them. You're like, hey, bro, how you doing? Just full of love, full of joy. They're talking about God, praying for one another. All you see is the glory of God. What's happened is the Lord has set them free and the Lord has changed their image. Amen? That even though people might see the tattoo, they don't, of all the, the, the gangs that they used to be a part of, that's not the same person. He's a new creation. Amen? And so every time we go through a battle, every time there's an attack, we have to have a mindset of victory. The mindset should not be, oh no, how am I going to deal with this? Oh no, what, what's going to happen? I'm going to be, man, uh, why me? Shut up. Stop babying yourself. Stop acting like you're not saved. Salvation is not just salvation of your sin. Salvation is being redeemed from the curse of the law. You're not in the prison cell, so stop acting like you're in the prison cell. That prison, not only is the cell, not only are you out of the cell, but Jesus destroyed the cell. 
It, can no, it can't hold you back anymore. You're not in there. So stop acting like you're in there. Some of you are going to imaginary th- bars that are not even there. Why are you keeping me back? There's no cell. Jesus destroyed the prison. He redeemed you. There's no bill that you need to pay at the end of the thing. Jesus paid the bill with his blood. That's why he says, come freely, drink. Come freely, eat. Come. You're not a slave, you're free. But we hear about, we hear about things in this world that, that come against us. Oh, Real easy to destroy your peace. You get a little letter with red on it. Final notice. I don't know what I'm going to do. They're going to turn off the lights. They're going to turn off the lights. Yes. I don't know. I'm going to pay for it. You come to me. I'm going to ask you. And, uh, you know, if you, if you just started, then it's okay. But if, if you've been coming for a while and, that, and that's going on, first thing I'm going to ask you. Do you honor God? Yes. Do you give tithe? Yes. Okay. So God is on your side, right? Yes. So why are you worried? <laughs> but I don't know how they're going to cut out the lights. When are they going to cut the lights? Tomorrow. You have lights today? Yes. <laughs> then go home and do a strobe show. Just... <laughs> Why are you worried about tomorrow? When God has blessed you with today. Didn't we just read? This is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. It doesn't say this is the day that the Lord has made and we will be worried about tomorrow and and destroy today. See, the only thing that, that fear does, it destroys time. Let me say that again. Fear destroys time. Amen. Fear paralyzes you. Amen. Fear causes you not to dream and believe and to think what tomorrow holds for you. Amen. And so instead of walking in hope, we walk in fear. We're like paralyzed and we can't move forward. It's like we, we stop dreaming. Some of you, when you look at your bank account, all you see is fear. So you never think that you'll be able to live better or to own something. And you put your hopes on, on credit cards and debt because they give you a hope of owning something, but they don't tell you you just signed over your life. Amen. And so if you will begin to use your faith and begin to trust God, whatever you desire. Doesn't it say in, in Mark eleven twenty four, Whatever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive it and you will have it. Amen. Go with me to Mark eleven twenty four. Now, it's in red letters. That means Jesus is the one that, that's saying this. Is Jesus a liar? No. Is he a tease? No. So why would he tell you this unless he believed? Unless he, he, he was, he was going to back up his word with power. So Mark eleven twenty four 24 says, Therefore I say to someone that's not you. 
To, to Pastor Kevin only. He says to who? To you. To you. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them. And you might, if you're really good and come to church and laugh at Pastor Kevin's jokes... It doesn't say that. It says, and you will have them. The problem is you're trying to live by what you can do instead of living by what he's already done. When you know who you are in Christ, you just live for him. You recognize, I just have to do what he tells me to do. And he will do what he already said he would do. I heard somebody talk about, he says, there's two types of people. And I really believe this. This, this is like Christians too. There's two types of Christians. There's, there's Christians that live from the outside in. And there's Christians that live from the inside out. You could be one that allows the temperature to set what you're going to do. Or you could be one that sets the, the temperature. You could be one that, when you live from the outside in, the things around you dictates what you're going to do and how you react and how you're going to live. You, something on the outside, something that's not even really a part of you, some news or something comes, and you start hearing that, and the next thing you know, you're in fear because there are things happening around you, and you see it, you hear it, and, and you, you, it causes you to move. It's like, it's like, I don't know if you've ever been in the, in the video game places where they got that little handle and that little beaver pops up and you hit it on the head and there's another hole and hit it on the head and you, you're like trying to hit everything. That, that's the way a lot of Christians are like, I'm just going to hit that one and then another one pops up, hit that one and another one pops up, hit that one. Chasing after the little heads, right? just hitting it. That's the way it seems like most, a lot of believers, they walk by what they see and not what they believe. But if you know who you are in Christ, you're not chasing after the things that you see and letting that move you. You're not letting the outside temperature affect you because what's on the inside and what you have, faith and love in Christ, that's what moves you. That's what stirs you. You're not being, operating in fear. You're operating in faith. If you don't have it, it's because you don't want it. But if you want to, you use your faith. In spite of what other people think. If you want it, if, that was, if it was something that, that you wanted for your family, a, a bigger house, a car, more provision, being able to be a blessing to others, you'd be using your faith. Will people criticize? Yes. Why? Because they criticize Jesus. What makes you think they won't criticize you? Some of, you, some of you need a bigger house. Just need it. Tired of waiting two hours for bathrooms. Some of you have been tempted just to go outside and hose yourself off because you're tired of waiting. You need it. This is not even a desire. This is just a need. Use your faith. Amen. If you're not using your faith, you'll never get there. 
But you start using your faith now. Watch how quickly the Lord brings it to your, to your life. If you had money in the bank, you, would act, you will act differently. A person that has resources in the bank, and has confidence in the money that they have in their bank, they begin to shop. You have something better than money, which is his word. Begin to shop. Begin to shop. Go to the places that, 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 that's on your heart. Claim the things that you, that you desire. Whatever you desire when you pray. Jesus didn't say whatever you deserve. Whatever you think you deserve. He says whatever you desire. If you don't have it, you don't, the reason you don't have it is because you don't either have desire or you don't have faith. But I'm looking at you and I see a bunch of people of faith. Amen. You're here because you have faith in God. Amen. I'd be going up to the uh, car that you want to drive. I like this car. This is the car I want. They tell you the price. It doesn't matter. Why does it matter? Because I'm not buying it with money anyway. It could be a gazillion, gazillion. Because I'm not buying it with money. I'm buying it with faith. Amen. So you touch, you, you know, the sales guys, what are you doing? Just... You want to run a credit app? No, don't. I'm not buying with credit. Why are you buying it? How, how are you going to buy it? God's going to bless me. Amen. I'm going to pray it in. Oh, uh, well, sir, I don't know how that's going to happen, uh, sir. We, we've never had anybody that had, I mean, we're not, we're not, we don't give cars around. I didn't say you are going to give it to me. Oh, well, then how, how are you going to pay for it? That's not my problem. I'm using my faith. Well, sir, I, I don't know how. Look, 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 son. Let me tell you something. This car is going to be purchased by God. And you're going to sell it to me. And you're going to see the miracle. So let me just use my faith. Watch how quickly they, they get quiet. Don't try to convince him. You don't have to convince him. This is not about him. This is about you and God. Sometimes when we walk in our faith, we're trying to convince everybody else because we're not fully convinced ourselves. That's a Facebook post. But when you walk by faith, you just walk in there. I already potted. I got money in the bank. Just my banking system is Lord and trust. <laughs> Amen. My treasures are in heaven. Amen. Amen. I remember a, a story. Of, me and my wife, were, we, we wanted to buy a, a Explorer. Uh, I'm sorry, it was a, was it, it wasn't Explorer. It was a Tahoe. You know, this was back in early 90s and everybody had Tahoes. It was before the gas prices went up and 
everybody didn't want the Tahoes, uh, but, but we wanted a Tahoe, and so I, was, I went to the, the car dealership, and, you know, we had money to, to, to go ahead and start shopping around, you know. I'm sorry, we, we had credit. <laughs> we didn't have money, we had credit. <laughs> and so I was shopping around, and uh, I went, and I had a friend of mine who was an evangelist, and my, this, my friend who's an evangelist, he, he didn't have any stable income. He's just someone that just walked by faith and God would provide and go to a place and preach and go to another place to preach. He didn't have a big ministry. He, he was someone that was just starting in the ministry, you know, just graduated from Bible school, but he was down here preaching for me and, and you know, just loved the man, great guy. And, and so he went with me to the store, uh, to the dealership, and we went on a, on a test drive. And so we're, we're, I'm driving the, the, the vehicle, and he's asking all the questions. He's like, what kind of colors do you have in this? And he goes, well, we have this color. What kind of interior do you have? And he started talking about the different options. And I'm driving. I'm just like, this is nice. I like it. I hope I can get one of these. But he is asking all the details, all the questions. Of, and, and I'm like, dude, I, you don't got money, man. <laughs> There's no, not, not only you don't have money, you don't have credit. <laughs> but he's asking all the questions. As if he was the one that was buying it. About a month later, he went to, to uh, New England to preach. And then he went into the, the Indian tribes in northern Canada to preach. And he returned back to New England. And when he returned back to New England, he was staying at a pastor's house. And the pastor picks him up and takes him to the house. And, uh, and he says, uh, he says, hey, bro, and he gives him keys. It was a brand new vehicle. It was a, uh, a Range Rover. And he said, the pastor said, I felt impressed that I needed to buy you a vehicle. And I was going to buy you a Chevy Tahoe, but I knew I could do better, so I got you a Range Rover. Yeah. Paid in full, brand new. That's the difference between someone that walks in faith and someone that walks in fear. Amen. How many of you walk by faith? Let me see your hands. Okay, what do you believe in God, what do you believe in God for? What do you believe in God for? <laughs> Listen, you should be like that little kid getting ready for Christmas with a list. But pastor, you don't know my economic situation. Shut up, you. Amen. Your name is written in heaven. What do you believe in God for? Amen. And let me, let me just say, I, I know this turned into a little bit of faith here, but let me just say this. Don't try to gain by suggestion. Don't be an idiot with faith. Don't compromise. I see people that are believing God for something and they think, if I just post it on Facebook, pray for me. I'm believing God for this amount of money to do this. I'm like, dude, shut up. If the Holy Ghost doesn't talk to them, what makes you think Facebook would? Because it starts off with small. And someone has compassion on them because people love. 
and they give it to them, and now their, their faith is contaminated. They think, I, I have to tell everybody about, about, about this thing. You only have to tell one person, and that's your Heavenly Father. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Say this, work, work. your faith. Again, work, work. Your, faith. your faith. You have to work your faith. Call those things that are not as though they are. Yes. And have, you have to have this, I'm not going to be defeated. Amen. I'm not going to die. I shall not die, but I shall live. And I'm going to give glory to God. Amen. The world is going to see what God has done in my life. The world is going to see how he's blessed me how he's healed me, how he's restored me, how he's used me. The Lord, I'm going to be a living testimony. People are going to see everything that God has done in my life, and they're going to be able to read my life and see that God has his hand upon me. Amen. And as you do, watch how, watch how, how you, you'll go through things, but you'll, you, those things will not go through you. You go through things, you have victory after victory after victory after victory after victory. Your family's going to live better. Your community is going to change. You're going to change. When you walk by faith, promotion comes from the north, south, east, and west. Amen. Amen. You're not like everybody else. You've been bought with the price of the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And as you're walking by faith, don't be afraid to do something to, to activate your faith. I can't tell you how many times where when I was a little kid and I was asleep and my dad would sneak into the room. My mother would sneak in the room. Put a little oil upon me. Using their faith, knowing that one day God's going to use this man. Amen. God's going to bless my son. Don't be afraid to use your faith. Step out. Amen. God will make a way. For the Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. Amen. Father, I just thank you for this word today. Lord, I thank you that you're such a good God. Lord, that you will not allow us to stay the same. But you're pulling us out, Father God. You're causing us to walk and to live along your righteous path, Father God, to experience your glory, Father. Father, I pray over your people, Lord. Lord, that you're raising them up to be mighty in this land, Father. People of faith, Father God, that do not operate according to what they see, but they operate by faith, Father. That everything that they desire, Lord, they will call it forth in Jesus' name. According to your word, that whatever we ask when we pray, we believe that we receive it. And we will have it. That we have a mindset that we will not die, but we shall live and give glory to you. I thank you, Father God, that you're using my brothers and sisters, that they're walking by faith and they're doing the things that you call them to do. No longer under a spirit of lack and want and poverty, but under the, the blessing of the Lord. You are a God of abundance, more than enough, and that there's no lack and there's no want in our homes. I bless your people right now. And I thank you, Father God, for this word of victory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen, amen, amen.